0: I'm ready. Okay. This is Shireen Ryan for In the Front Row, and I'm here with Eric Townsend. We are the site experts for Zona Zealots, so we will be talking a lot about the Arizona Wildcats. But this is just episode one, and we're excited to start this. Welcome, Eric.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So, um, we have been at this together for about two years, but I've been doing it for three years. So. Um you know, the two of us kind of one of us writes a lot and the other one edits a lot, then the other one writes a lot, and the other one edits a lot so <coughs> we 've been doing a, a, our share, but lately Eric 's been really at it, and um, so i'd probably be asking most of the questions, but I have my own opinions so're yeah. we 're going to start out today with um, with basketball um, everybody 's going to want us to start with football, but let 's start with basketball. So, um, people in Tucson are dancing because we we got a new commitment.
1: Yep. Yeah, we did. Um, I mean, obviously, it's huge uh, for a lot of reasons, of course, with the uh, whole Sean Miller and uh, Arizona FBI incident that happened, you know, about a year ago now, uh, obviously left a lot of people a little apprehensive there as to what the future might hold and what kind of effect that might have on recruiting and. And uh, obviously this, la- uh, this last week when Nico Mannion committed, I mean, definitely, definitely bodes well for the program. And the fact that they're just doing so well with a number of highly rated recruits is just it's, it's just very, very, very positive, at least. And and uh, definitely bodes well for the program right now.
0: Well, I mean, you, uh, you know, we went after um, Dickie B with a vengeance.
1: Um, oh, yes. And, uh,
0: there's also some other media out there that did. I think you know he he started talking to us too, so yeah. I think he you know I I hate to say this, but I think we we've got our point across. Eventually, he apologized.
1: Yes, yes. I, I mean,
0: yeah. Go ahead.
1: You you just gotta gotta keep at some of those people. I mean, definitely let your voice be heard. Uh, I think there is a lot of negligence on ESPN's behalf, just from the false reporting and and or inaccurate reporting for that matter, and. And Dickie Vitale being as as boisterous as he is and kind of having some points that not really very many people agreed with. uh, Definitely got to call him out on it.
0: I mean, Eric, I listened back. Somehow I had a recording of somebody interviewing him about all this stuff. And he started out, you know, lashing out at Sean Miller and lashing out at, at Arizona and convicting Sean of all this stuff and DeAndre of all this stuff. And then the next breath, he spent the next five minutes saying why everybody should hold back judgment on Izzo, on Coach Cal, on Coach K, on Patino. And it was like, are you listening to yourself?
1: <laughs> Apparently not. I don't, I don't think he even truly believes what he's saying. Or he just so so now He just doesn't realize what he's saying.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad he came around. And now we're on cordial terms. Although, you know, a lot of Wildcat fans are not forgiving him. Um, I've noticed that Greg Hansen hasn't said much, and every time he says something, he people lash out at him. Um, oh yeah, and so yeah. that you know that's a situation. Schlebach pretty much has gone Mark Schlebach into the into the deep re- re- resource recesses. <laughs> what's the word? Re- recesses of his closet or whatever it is. We hardly hear from him. Um, oh yeah,
1: he's he's crawled away under some rock and. I I don't know, just hiding away from the public, the public spotlight. He uh, certainly made a pretty, pretty terrible error there. And and uh, I I think that's one of those one of those things as as a journalist and, of course, a blogger, reporter, whatever you are, um, you know, accuracy has got to be there. and It's got to come first to build your credibility. So right now he just certainly doesn't have any.
0: Right. So then Jay Billis comes out and says ESPN's basically told us not to talk about this anymore
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> because they I think the brand suffered honestly and I and you have to you have to uh give credit to the Wildcat fans for standing up for their program
1: yeah absolutely. I mean it truly is a players' program and and even beyond that, I think it's just so deeply rooted within um you know the Tucson culture of course and and uh Arizona athletic culture that you know people are gonna defend it until the end, you know
0: hmm. So here we have a five star recruit. Everybody's all excited, but we already got our arms around being happy that we had players that were going to come back year after year and have a seasoned team like Villanova and maybe win a national championship. Because we realize with one, with a bunch of one and dones or that mentality, you don't necessarily get the buy in to get yourself a national championship. I, you know, I.E. Villanova. So here, yeah. we, you know, here we are. We're all excited, you know maybe our team i mean I have high hopes for our team i have they have a lot of heart and um they've been it'll be their second year together, and they'll have minutes whereas they didn't have minutes before, and then we have some senior you know some grad transfers who are really excited to come in, so I think it's gonna be a fun year i mean i w- I have high expectations, but you know we always have high expectations in Tucson.
1: yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I agree. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, I'll say. I still think it's a, a fringe tournament team, if not uh, a, a definite tournament team at this point. I think there's certainly some growing pains that they may grow through. They lost unquestionably the, just an immense amount of production that's going to be hard to replace. But I think that allows a lot of guys to be able to step up. Um, you know, Ryan Luther, if he can – you know, stay healthy throughout the year. Who had some injuries over at Pitt. Uh, if he can stay healthy, I think he's a great, a great piece. Uh, the the jury's still out on Derek uh, on Chase Jeter, not Derek Jeter. And then, of course, too, with the addition of Brandon Williams and and uh, acott coming back, I think he could certainly make a big jump. And same with Brandon Randolph, too, for that matter.
0: Well, and Ira is going to be our big man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't and- know what's going to happen. We, you know, we hope for the best. And he did come out and. He's taking responsibility, which yeah. I think is a ma- is being a man, and and I think he was he's being a man, and I like that. And so, um, I'm hoping it doesn't hurt too much. But um, I think I, you know, Ira just, you know, he want he needed more of more time, more. I mean, you need time on the court to get more confidence. I think. But yeah, these guys always came out with confidence. I didn't I didn't see you know. Don't forget Dylan Smith. He's very yeah. quiet. You know, for some he's not yeah. quiet on social media, but he's very quiet when it comes to Oh yeah, we have Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> he could shoot a three, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I mean, just more the more bodies the better, I think, and and uh that's what Arizona's gonna need next year.
0: Right. So we're but we're gonna get this we're gonna get five star Nico Mannion. and there's some other players that, you know, he's already starting to recruit. Yeah. And um uh, but, again, are we going to go with a whole bunch of one-and-dones again? I mean uh,
1: – I, I think perfect a perfect situation would be getting a combination of those, right? I mean,
0: yeah.
1: transfers, unfortunately, and, uh, and regrettably happen. Uh, I think it's just kind of the trend of basketball anymore. Guys, you know, all think they're going to be superstars whenever they come into college. And uh, I think – you know it's it is as aspiring as that is uh i you know I think some guys are just you know for lack of a better term, you know they're just gonna be always role players right so I mean if you can find that perfect blend of guys that just buy in um you know, and I think Sean Miller did great at first coming here, uh having some players that were maybe a little under the radar that just kind of performed beyond their ability and really kind of bought into his system and then get a slew of one and dones that you know maybe aren't thinking big picture or maybe weren't the perfect fit i.e. like Kobe Simmons or someone like that you know uh, that's that's where you you run into some problems but you know I think if he can find a a perfect blend of of just guys that are going to work hard and 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 play hard and and buy in and stuff that I think that's that's what ideally he should be shooting for and I think you know having a guard oriented lineup as opposed to a big man oriented lineup is going to is going to make this team look a little bit different and honestly probably make them a little bit more efficient too.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, when it comes to Kobe, I just, Kobe was doing so well until I think Alonzo came back and then he got a lot less minutes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Kobe would have just got better and better and better. Like, he he did really well in the NBA. <laughs> I thought he showed yeah. up.
1: I mean, he's definitely a great athlete. Um, I don't think he's the perfect fit to Sean Miller's system, but, I mean, he's a guy that, I feel like they needed to get more minutes, or just find some more minutes for him. I think he was certainly a spark plug off the bench, and you know him him not really playing so much towards the the end of the season. And versus the game at Xavier, where he didn't really record very many minutes at all. I mean, certainly would have been nice to have just an extra an extra person in that lineup. And who knows, maybe would have came away victorious instead.
0: Well, you know how I feel. I always write about this. Like I think one of the things Miller needs to change is. Stop just relying on six or seven guys, you know. Yeah. Even even I agree. In the beginning of the season, sacrifice a couple losses, and and get these guys experienced because in the end, they're all gonna be they're all gonna be happy and they're all gonna get their they're all gonna get minutes. I mean, it's easier said than done, but um, and then press more for crying out loud! Don't wait to the last minute of a yeah. game when you're when you can press earlier and. You know things like that, but anyway, I mean, I could go on and on about that but you
1: know, and, I, insane same i mean <laughs> i i i really like miller i I don't agree with a lot of the fans uh critiques on him being that he's not that great of a coach or he's an overrated coach. I mean, you got to think of the parody in college basketball nowadays where it's it's a lot tougher to win a championship nowadays than it was uh, definitely you know twenty five years ago uh you know the talent. From top to bottom, in in each conference, is is gotten significantly better, and you know, is great. of a coach as Lute Olson was, I mean, he's only been to what two championships in his whole coaching career, and has only one won one. And people consider him one of the greats of all time. And that so, was I mean, not
0: in a one and done situation.
1: Exactly, and and you know, he had some players that you know were there for quite a while. I mean, Miles Simon was a. Uh, I think a junior or, or, or at least sophomore either way. I mean, he was a a guy that had already been established. Mm -hmm. Same with a couple of those other key players. Uh, I think Eugene Edgerson, uh, Donnell Harris, what have you, but he had, you know, obviously Mike Bibby was, was uh, probably the difference maker there. But the point being is, I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of who gets hot at the right time. And uh, you know, not always the quote unquote, most talented team wins every single year. Other words, you would see, all the one and done teams, like Duke and Kentucky, for that matter, maybe Kansas to a degree, would would be the same teams winning the championships. But that's not the case. You're seeing teams that are a little bit more experienced and have, you know, the solid guard plays are the ones that you know they're they're usually the best.
0: Well, and when you get to the tournament, you have to be full of surprises. You can't oh, yeah, bring the absolutely. same thing out. You got to be. You got to look. We we were kicked out of the tournament by Wichita State because they they pressed in the first starting in the first minute of the game and they didn't let up the whole entire game so we weren't ready for that it was a surprise you know um we weren't ready for the three-point shooting you know in the last tournament of our opponent and then some I feel like some players just turned off and other players were trying but without the rest of the team how are you gonna like I saw Raleigh Alkins down on he was guarding five players at once and he's looking back where's my team and then, yeah. you know I was like, well, you can't do it by yourself, it is a team sport, so we we forget that basketball's a team sport, but it is um, speaking of which um, a, a lot some fun things this week that we saw um, Stanley Johnson and Alonzo Trier uh, were in New York uh, playing against each other, working out with each other. That was kind of fun to watch,
1: yeah, definitely. It's always great to see former wildcats, um, you know maybe they didn't play together in college, just kind of continue to network and you know, be a part of that Arizona family.
0: Yeah, and then I saw Stanley found a picture of him and Aaron Gordon together playing in high school against each other. Yep. And posted, so happy birthday to Aaron Gordon. <laughs> it was his birthday today. Nice. And then, um, and Stanley, I got to see Stanley in the Drew League and he was playing top. And him, he was playing with Andre Drummond. Yeah. And the two of them together were a lot of fun. So I think, if you go to in the front row on uh, youtube.com slash in the front row, and you search for Stanley Johnson, I think you can find some fun highlights from that. Um, and he and Cassie Athena become good friends. So uh, Cassie and Stanley hang out. So there's a lot more photos. Um, so if you're a Stanley Johnson fan, you know, visit his Instagram and I think it's Stanimal. Um, you, you have a lot of fun with that. And then um, who else? And then, uh, Dusan has been tweeting and posting in uh, Serbian or Croatian or whatever language it is. And I'm like, Deuce, you have all these, you know, Wildcat fans. We don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I think
1: you could still uh, use the the tweet function the tran- of uh, the translate. But, translate. you know, how, how, how accurate is that? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's probably probably not entirely accurate there.
0: And then Kiano Pinder, he's out there in Poland you know having fun and you know if you follow uh keanu he's 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 out in poland and i to yeah. poland poland is a beautiful country so that's a lot of fun and chance he went out to serbia as well so he's uh he's out there as well he's gonna play against dusan and then um recently you know raleigh um he's been making some buddies he was with chris brown at concerts and the he got him and uh, Trey Trace songs, and they all played a a Raleigh runs here in Los Angeles, and then um, just recently, uh, hanging out with Rotimi, and then uh, you know all his you know favorites, some of his favorite uh, singers, um, and then he uh, he also um, was working out with uh, I think it's Chris Johnson. What a workout video! I don't know if you've seen it, but he posted I think I it saw the other day. Bit.
1: I think I saw a little bit. I saw uh it was one of the Chicago Bulls' like sister accounts or one of those fan accounts or something like that. They they posted a video of him shoot, shooting some jumpers and definitely uh definitely looked impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know how he goes at a game, you know, with all his heart.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's a guy that, you know, um he may not have ideal size for a shooting guard in, in the league, but I mean he's a guy that if you just give him the opportunity to work hard and, and improve, I think I think he's going to surprise some people. And he's got a great situation there in Chicago.
0: Yeah, a lot of Toronto fans are still upset that Toronto didn't sign him. So that's a yeah. after summer league. So that was pretty good. All yeah. right, so I think we pretty much hit um, basketball. I was happy to see uh, Brandon Williams in an Arizona jersey, you know, because I followed him in high school and got to know him and interviewed him a bunch of times, was there when he – committed was there when he signed you know and i'm just that really warmed my heart i just wanted to put that out there um and so underrated so we'll see what happens there so on to football yep so let's talk about southern utah um fans are still very upset with the defense um i saw some callings for uh uh putting uh Coach Cecil, Chuck Cecil, in charge of the defense, or at least having him help. Which, I mean, I if you've got him there, he's an NFL coach for crying out loud. You know, his name's on the stadium. Go use him.
1: Yeah, so. I think he could. He could bring a lot of great insight. I don't know how much of uh, of a role he had on the on the team in the last two years under Rich Rod but you know, he's a guy that's just such a wealth of knowledge and been around the game for so long and you know being a storied wildcat player of course and him coming from his background and being kind of a unsung hero more or less and and just kind of you know making his inroads into the college game and becoming a a collegiate star I mean he's I mean if if there's anybody out there that has a great perspective on the road to success I mean look no further than Chuck Cecil
0: right so you would you you know just having a name as one of the coaches you know what I think we all expect, and we don't know, like, I don't know how much they talk to him, but I'm hoping more these days. Um, yeah. And, you know, someone runs this organization different than, than Rich Rod, so we, we really don't know. But, I mean, I at coming away from Saturday night, scoring 62 points, I know everybody's like, oh, you know, it was Southern Utah. Yeah, but, you know, we, <laughs> we, were, losing, we were losing games, and now we won a game demonstratively, and you had Khalil with 349 passing yards, 19 rushing yards, um, and he completed five passes. I think two of them were you know 50, 60 yards, and then uh, and the no interception. So let's, let's take a minute to at least celebrate, and I mean, with a bum ankle, like so I guess someone keeps saying he's not a 100, right? Yeah. So you know, even with a bum ankle, he's out there making things happen. And if you notice, you know, some of the passes were cross body. I mean, he was running and he passed the ball, and it got. You know, those are the things that you know. Sometimes with Brandon Dawkins, we were all upset about, right? But for somehow, mid, you know, Khalil can jump up and turn his body, twist it, and still get it where it needs to go.
1: Yeah. So I mean.
0: So we saw some fun Definitely. stuff. His son Brown, you know, showed up. And the re- punt return from J.J. Taylor. And um, so we had two sacks. And then we saw Brandon Leon, you know, playing. And uh, uh, we also had another running back. Who's the other running back who scored? Um, oh,
1: Anthony Mariscal, the Anthony safety Marischal. converted to running back.
0: Yeah, that was really fun um, to see. I was really happy for them. I, I've i met their parents before. um and they were, you know, uh, various stat. I think – is it Brandon? Somebody has their face on a big mural at the stadium, and it did, took pictures in front of – I think it's Brandon's um, face, but that was fun. So, um, so I mean, better things. I mean, we are hearing that, you know, they're not playing Nate uh, Tilford, which last yeah. year I thought he did really well. So what are, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, you know, I – I can't really say specifically because I'm not I'm not an expert by any means and and uh, you know I'm not I'm not there every day and single at, at every practice so I don't I don't know what the coaches see versus what you know the average fan sees but from what I saw from him in the spring you know I thought he was a guy that was going to make a huge jump this year um, I think he certainly has the talent he was a standout running back at at his high school I think in Ontario uh, California there so um, it's kind of sad to see. I don't, I don't know if he's just not a, a, grasping the concepts or blocking responsibilities or just not listening to coaches. I, I don't know. There's, there could be a myriad of, of things going through his head and I'm sure he's probably frustrated too, but you know, I, I definitely feel like he could help this running game in a lot of ways, but you know, it's, it's, it's not my, it's not my choice, not my decision to, to say, you know, that he should be playing. I just Feel he would help the Wildcats immensely. He just brings, of course, the the talent, but but the size especially.
0: I know he's over two hundred pounds. Six, it's like six two 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 hundred or something. Well, I guess it was um, Tucson dot com or whatever said that um, someone had basically said that it was because of practice. Well, I mean, I know in basketball when when uh, some people don't practice well, but they play the game well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't
0: necessarily personally would make all my decisions based on practice, but you know, you never know. I mean, I think that game three, uh, someone's neck was on the line. Khalil needed a good game, and maybe they just, you know, I don't know. Maybe they just went with what they felt comfortable with.
1: But, yeah, and and to kind of go to your last point too, I mean, in the famous words of Allen Iverson, I mean, we're just we're talking about practice, right? Um, yeah, with Nathan, Nathan Tilford. So, you know, there's a rumor even back in the in the Nick Foles days when he was here that he wasn't the greatest quarterback in practice. But you know, when the lights came on, he was undoubtedly you know the guy that was that was going to do it out there. So, I mean, maybe it's just a case for Tilford if you just give him the ball and and you know when the lights come on, he's the guy that you know maybe he could show up. You know, I feel like in a game like that, sixty-two to thirty-one or whatever it was. You couldn't at least find him, you know, to get one or two carries during the game. Just see what he can do. I mean, if we're talking about, you know, blocking responsibilities on a pass protection, that that's that's one thing. But you know, I, I, I find it hard to believe that you know this this kid this this talented couldn't couldn't run through, a, you know, a two hole or a four hole or anything like that, and in in a, in, a, in a dive play or something. You know, I just I feel he could contribute, but you know, that, that's just me.
0: Well, one thing that was happening that I saw on Saturday night was the offensive line was able to make some holes so that running backs could run through them, and I hadn't seen that in the first two games uh, as much. So, whatever changes they made on the offensive line and getting lathe break back um, it was great. Now, on the yeah. de- on the defensive side, I don't know how many people knew that Justin Belknap broke his foot, like he was. He was dressed up with a broken foot, so it happened. I thought it happened that weekend or like right before the game or something. But it's the,
1: at least a day or so before the game from what I, from what I've heard.
0: Now you, losing Justin is huge. like he's a redshirt junior, so he, yeah, he has a lot of experience, and then you know they did, did, I didn't see Scotty too much, and I think uh, I think Scottie he got, got banged
1: up on one of the plays,
0: yeah, too, so, so they
1: just kind of held him out.
0: Same with Jace Whitaker.
1: Yep. So. so
0: the two guys that they were hoping to have back got banged up in the beginning of the game. And I know they want to save them for the pack. 12
1: that's, that's and- kind of what I felt too. I mean, maybe they could have returned, but you know, maybe, maybe the coaches were just holding them out. Cause it was a game that, you know, even, even as shaky as they still were on defense. I mean, they still pulled out with a, you know, 30 point win or so. So, I mean, probably didn't need to play your best players for all, all three, four quarters or anything like that.
0: And then I heard um, – I think it was uh, – oh, gosh. I saw a tweet that said something like, Arizona did not have to punt in the second half?
1: I think it was either that or the entire game. It's, or the it's entire one of those,
0: game, right? It's
1: like one of those stats, but a pretty obscure stat. And I guess it hadn't happened since like 2000, 2007 or 2009. So it hasn't happened in a while, which is certainly a great feat. I mean – as critical as I've been of the team so far to start the year, uh, you know, I try and at least pull myself off the proverbial ledge there, try and yeah. understand it's just year one. Um, these aren't Sumlin's ideal players. Uh I, I wish you could, you know, tailor his system a little bit to, to what he has in terms of talent, um, and then kind of go from there. But, you know, uh my my biggest gripe is still with the defense. I think there's there's learning curve to be had on offense with a new system, but defense, you know, three years in under yates uh, you could certainly argue the talent and the, the number of energy, uh, injuries, but, um, you know, I feel it's a, it's a, it's a product that should be at least, at least a little further along than what they are.
0: Well, I mean, somebody who made a lot of big plays last year, uh, was Dane Crookshank.
1: Yep.
0: And, you know, we're really missing Dane, but yeah. the NFL is, is not missing Dane. The Titans, the Titans, I don't know what it was, but we had two. we, you know, Nick Foles had his little trick, you know, Philly play. And then now, um, now Dane was part of a, a, a trick play on a punt and played wide receiver and scored a touchdown that jumped into the stands. It was one of the most exciting things I've ever seen. Um, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dane um, at a spring at a spring training uh, last year, last season. Um, he just, I just felt like he led the defense last year and I mean, they're missing, they're missing some leaders, right? So they had, um, Jacob Alsidek and then they had Dane Crookshank. Those were the leaders or two leaders on the team last year. And I think they need to, some leaders need to emerge now on offense. The camera caught Khalil going to almost every single one of his players and, you know, patting him on the back or whatever um but one of the sweetest things that happened for me was because i had interviewed uh there was a game i went to it was narbonne versus Sarah High, and i think combined there was like 11 touchdowns and i think khalil had five of them and devon had six of them or something and <laughs> it was amazing it was like and the announcer would announce the touchdown. It would either be Khalil Tate or Devon Cooper. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Narbonne has a former Arizona Wildcat. I I forgot his name. It's very long. It's a Samoan name. <laughs> but uh, we got to meet him. We took pictures on the field afterwards, of course. Devon was bummed. And Khalil was stoked because he had won in overtime, I believe. Or won in the last play or something like that. And ever since then, you know, they've been buddies and on the holidays they they, you know they go out and practice together on the Sarah Field and and Devon left the program and came back and then you know if you notice the first two games they had this long ball and they just couldn't connect in the first two games but in this game they connected and it was one of the sweetest things I've ever seen
1: yeah absolutely no I think it was just a matter of time with them Um, Cooper you know hadn't really been able to crack the rotation. I think he's a guy that given the receiver situation this year, he could, you know, certainly make some traction there or at least, you know, kind of have a bigger increased role towards the end of the year, but you know, certainly see him great to great to see him get involved, you know, this early into the season. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, gets into larger and bigger things down the road.
0: But what I haven't seen yet, and you know me with my tight ends, I have not seen plays with Jamie Nunley and Bryce Walma, and I really like to see that because I think it I yeah think it can I agree mix it. I mean Jamie's a big dude, let him out there. I you agree, know? and he made some big huge plays last season. And I I, agree. I wrote something about you know the things that the coaches could learn from last season. Like last season wasn't last season turned out pretty good. I mean maybe we lost some of the games at the end, but last season turned out ten times better than anybody thought. So something was right. And, you know, those guys were Rich Rod's guys and they were young. So there's a certain type of coach they're used to. They're used to a coach that's in their face all the time. So Yeah, and I think just a different style, too. Yeah, we went from that coach to a coach that lets everybody else do it. And he just kind of walks up and down the sideline managing things. I get it, but that's not who recruited them. So you kind of got to, like I said, you got to change a little bit towards the team because the team did well last year. And you don't have to change everything. It wasn't bad. They still were a winning team last year, so um, for me at least, I you know I wonder what do you think. Someone is is uh, adjusting properly.
1: Uh, you know, I think he's slowly learning. I mean, it's hard to say if he is just yet. I think uh, you know the Houston game got derailed pretty early on with Tate, you know, tweaking his ankle there. So I don't think they were able to quite do the things that they had wanted. And of course, you know, being on the road and down 21 to zero, you know, I think after the first seven or eight minutes of the game, I mean, that, that certainly changes some things, but, you know, I I think it'll be interesting to see how he approaches Oregon state, Uh, Utah, Southern Utah for that matter, wasn't going to be that great of a team Uh that the Wildcats are facing. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe he went a little vanilla in that game, maybe, you know, he wants to incorporate Tate's legs more, but, you know, realize they didn't necessarily need it versus the Thunderbirds there where they could probably just win if they just, you know, manage the ball and, and are able to move it, you know, a little bit more efficiently than they've been. So, you know, I think, I think someone's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. And uh, you know, I'm just more so cautiously optimistic as to what this team can do moving forward.
0: Yeah, and you know, as far as and I had a little arguments with some with some uh, fans on uh, Facebook, but you know, if you see like Richard was it Richard Griffin the third, who played for Washington uh, in the NFL, Robert Griffin. Anyway, he was a rushing quarterback, oh. and he got hit. He got bumped up so much. He's still there. That you know. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I was just yeah, talking about uh, Robert Griffin III. I think it's Robert Griffin III that played for Washington. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, he actually played for Baylor.
0: but No, I know, but I'm talking oh, about well, – Oh, Redskins, NFL. Redskins. So when he yeah. comes to Khalil Tate, you know, he wants to play in the NFL. And uh, most of the quarterbacks to get Heisman Trophy trophies aren't the ones that are running. They're the ones that are passing. If you look at Sam Darnold, he was passing. If you look at Rosen – He was passing, and these guys got drafted up front. And not that that's the biggest thing. That what I was arguing with the fans is, if you could get a couple of the players for Arizona drafted high, you're going to get better recruits. So they're like, well, it shouldn't matter about the NFL. And I'm like, no, you got to get some guys in the NFL so that look, you why does USC get all those high high rated players? Because they put people in the NFL, Alabama, all those big programs, Washington. Washington puts a lot of guys in the NFL. They get drafted. Yeah. So that's where they I mean, get the recruits. I don't know. That's my it's opinion. Definitely a
1: big part of it. I mean it's a big part of it. Of course winning winning takes precedent too. I mean, if Alabama wasn't really winning championships, it's hard to say how how many recruits would be super interested in going to Tuscaloosa. But I mean, Nick Saban also is a fantastic coach at the at the collegiate yeah. level. But um you know, I, I think it's it's kind of a mixture of, of winning and and uh, production um, beyond the collegiate level results. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, one thing I will say that I was kind of disheartened with is as I kind of recap that article with with uh, all the Wildcats on opening day rosters for the NFL. I think I think we had about eight or nine kids, and yeah. uh, you look across uh, the country, and you know, programs like uh, I think Alabama and and LSU and some of those others, they have like, you know, 20, 30 kids, yeah. um, you know, on, on, on NFL rosters on, on day one. So it's uh, definitely a little, a little humbling to see. And, and uh, you know, Rich Rod certainly didn't do many favors by not getting too many guys drafted there uh, during his tenure. So hopefully that can Yeah, change.
0: so I think it, it all goes together. Well, for some reason, you and I are cutting out a little bit. So I think maybe we should end this. Um, any final thoughts?
1: No, I mean, um, you know, I, I'm pretty excited about this week, uh, for the football team, just kind of see how they do against Oregon state could be a potentially good matchup for us there. Um, and then of course, got to have a huge shout out to the, uh, volleyball and soccer teams doing so well, um, lately. And I think, uh, women's soccer got, got up to, I think 18th or 19th in the top 25 poll from last they saw. Oh. And then I think, uh, volleyball was, was either right on the cusp or, or barely in the top 25. So, um, Huge, huge, uh, props to those those programs and the immense amount of success they've seen, and, and of course Rubio, you know, win his 500th game there this weekend. That's
0: awesome. And the hockey team are the champs from last year. They're all excited. They want to they want you to come out watch them, and we'd like to go cover them as well. The hockey team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's of course just a great environment and just a fun place to to go catch some you know wildcat action, especially as there's. Not much hockey in Southern Arizona these days.
0: They have their own traditions, and we uh, we wrote a couple. Uh, I know I wrote something about that a year or two ago. But they have their own traditions at the hockey games. It's a lot of fun. You got to go just once, just to check it out. But they are the champions oh, yeah. from last year, so um, they're stoked. I think they they um, they're getting some accolades too. So uh,
1: yeah. Definitely. Anyway, uh, this definitely.
0: was a hundred percent Arizona Wildcats. And in the future, we'll do um, some other podcasts. But this was mostly a Zona Zealots one to start off. And thanks for joining us. And uh, please follow us. And um, bear down.
1: Excellent. Bear down. Okay,
0: thanks. All right.
1: All right. If you wanna find me. Yeah, I'm in the front row with my two tickets. On me. I'm in the front row. The best place to be, I'm in the front row. Uh-huh.
0: Best place uh-huh. to be wanna five, Joe, I'm in the front row, my two tickets. on yeah I'm in the front row. The front row the best place to be, I'm in the front row. Uh-huh. Best place. Uh-huh. To be, uh-huh. yeah. so what's cool? It's ice and
1: even hotter than the flame I be in the front row chilling at a ball game Yeah you know what they say when you're having fun Time flies, catch me courtside chilling with the inside Scoop, come on tell me how you want it Catch me on the court, it's the best view in sports Whether you're Lakers or Arizona Wildcats Whether you're Dodgers, Kings or Galaxy fans In the front row's got everything that you need From news and videos and all in between So if you're down and you're feeling the vibe And if you're down and you're feeling the vibe Then come and join us if in the, the front, ball, front Yeah I'm in the front row the front row with my two tickets. on me, I'm in the front row the best place to be. I'm
0: in the front row. Best place to be. Yeah. If you want to find me, Joe, I'm in the front row with my two tickets. on me, I'm in the front row the best place to be. I'm in the front row. Best